0: I'm Ezra
1: Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding, and welcome back to another episode of Animation and Beyond.
0: Yes, and on this episode, in honor of its anniversary, we're talking about the Disney classic, in which we all know as Sleeping Beauty.
1: That's right, a very interesting story with a lot of history that was made into a very successful early Disney movie. So, we're going to talk about Sleeping Beauty, and we're also going to talk about one of the incredible actresses who played a key role in the live-action remake of Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Angelina
0: Jolie. Who's the star of the film Maleficent and its sequel Maleficent Mistress of Evil, which came out in 2014 and 2019 respectively and was retold the story but on the from the villain's point of view.
1: That's right. It's one of the genres of Disney movies that is kind of giving a backstory to a classic Disney villain. So similar to the movie Cruella, which talked about Cruella de Vil from 101 Dalmatians, Maleficent went way, way back to before Sleeping Beauty, before the animated one from the 1950s, and gave some context for Maleficent's, you know, evil ways. What did we learn about Maleficent in that movie, Ezra?
0: From her youth, she was friends with Stefan before he became king.
1: That's right, yeah. And I thought Angelina Jolie did a really, really good job portraying Maleficent as a more complex character in that movie. Don't you? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Did she win any awards, Ezra?
0: I'm sure she did. I don't know. But I guess, because of the success of it, at the box office, pretty successful, even though the critical response was
1: mixed. Gotcha. And I know that people who watched Maleficent were pretty stunned by the animation. It had a lot of kind of mystical creatures and fantastical phenomena like magic and like creatures of the deep and lots of lights and, you know, fighting and magic and all of this stuff that Requires a lot of imagination, and I thought it was done really, really well with the animation. It was beautiful and engaging and told the story well. What else has an- Angelina been in?
0: A lot of things she's an award- she's an award-winning actress, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Eternals and the Kung Fu Panda franchise.
1: She was in Kung Fu Panda Yes. who did she play in Kung Fu Panda
0: Tigress the main of the Furious Five from those films.
1: I did not know that. She was in Kung Fu Panda. That's awesome. She's also been in some of her older films, Cyborg 2 Hackers, Girl Interrupted. She was in Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Some of those movies were the movies that got her famous. She's also famous for being married to Brad Pitt, which helps. Yeah. Yeah, but she has an incredible acting career on her own, and they're a power couple for a reason. She's a talented actress, she's beautiful, and she's also known to be a pretty good person. Yeah. I also know that she had an actor father, John Voight. I think they were in a movie together in the 1980s, and that was her first ever movie. Mm. Great. And then tonight we also wanted to do a song feature on one of the songs, That is in the Sleeping Beauty movie. What song is that, Ezra?
0: It's one of Disney's most iconic songs of all time. Once Upon a Dream.
1: Care to sing a little bit for us, Ezra?
0: I know, yeah, I walk with you
1: once upon a dream. Beautiful. How would you describe that song, Ezra?
0: Beautiful, romantic, heartwarming kind of enchanting yes magical and make about dreams coming true yeah
1: it has this kind of ambient mysticism to it where it kind of floats and that's partially because it's an old song so it has that quality of not being super sharp but when you hear this song it feels like a fairy tale song it feels like a romantic song because it's in the romantic part of sleeping beauty right actually what is happening in this exact scene where, they, where this song is played, Ezra?
0: Aurora goes into the forest and meets Prince Philip for the first time and instantly falls in love with him.
1: Okay, yeah, so it is at a romantic part of the movie.
0: And I know that Lena Del Rey did a cover of it for Maleficent in 2014.
1: Yes, Lana Del Rey, who's a popular pop-slash-alternative music artist, she did a very popular version of it yeah that version is almost kind of spooky i'd say
0: yeah i know
1: it kind of takes the dark undertones of the song and raises them up a bit i think that song was released around halloween actually
0: maleficent was released in may of 2014 gotcha
1: so maybe that song was released the october before but that seems unlikely so maybe i'm off with that yeah anyhow this song, who is it written by, Ezra? Originally? Yeah.
0: Originally, the writer was Jack Lawrence and Sammy Fane, and adapted by George Bruns.
1: Gotcha. So that was the Disney version?
0: Uh, yeah. This song, yeah, Once Upon a Dream, was from originally created for this film.
1: Gotcha. So, it must, so those writers must have been Disney musicians.
0: Yes. George Bruns did music for several Disney movies.
1: Cool. Cool. So he knew the sound that Walt Disney would be going for with these stories. Very interesting. Shall we move on into our feature presentation, Ezra? Yeah. All right. So Sleeping Beauty, the classic Disney film, I believe was the third animated Disney film. Is that right, Ezra?
0: No, the third princess film. This was Disney's 16th animated motion picture.
1: Third princess film. Right. And it's one of the most typical princess stories ever. Surrounds a young woman named Aurora, who was cursed to sleep for 100 years. Yes, but uh, by
0: her 16th birthday, and by when she pricks her finger on a spinning wheel.
1: That's right. And how can she be awoken from her slumber?
0: By true love's kiss. And most of her life, she was raised by three fairies in a cottage in the woods.
1: Yes. So kind of a quirky upbringing with some, you know, dark magic tied in and then a true love kiss. Wake up alarm.
0: (laughs) Yes. And we remember the three fairies who raised her, Blora,
1: Fauna, and Meriwether. And they each had their own personalities, right?
0: Yes, Flora was the one in red, was the leader of the three. Bonnet was one green, more was the second one, and then the third one and the youngest of the three, and the rather silent type was Meriwether.
1: Yes, and I'd say Meriwether was kind of the funniest, too. Yeah. So what do these fairies do while Aurora is asleep? Like, when they raise her, I know that they, they do a
0: birthday, they do a cake for her 16th birthday, and there's the funny part, you remember, when Mary, Weather, and Laura try to make her dress blue and then pink and then blue and then pink. And then it gets the whole messed up.
1: Yeah, and they argue over the color of it. That's right. But what happens when Aurora pricks her finger and falls asleep?
0: She's cursed and the only way to break it is is true love's kiss.
1: What do the fairies do when she falls asleep? They bring her to the high tower. Yeah, presumably to keep her safe, right?
0: Yes, and it was she was cursed by the evil Maleficent.
1: That's right. So that's where the character of Maleficent comes from for the live-action movies that we referred to earlier from a few years ago.
0: Yeah, I know. I know um, Aurora goes into the woods where she sings with some forest animals.
1: Yes, because the original idea was that she would have all of these happy creatures around her when she woke up.
0: Sleeping Beauty has a lot of similarities to Snow
1: White. It does, absolutely. The forest characters, the true love's kiss element.
0: Yes, and also uh, that Maleficent is often confused with the evil queen.
1: Because they are both, in a way, evil queens. Yeah, they look similar in appearance. Definitely. So, it's worth mentioning that Sleeping Beauty has a really interesting history of coming from old old fairy tales. So,
0: yes, it like many old fairy tales like like Snow White, Cinderella or, you know, like Jack and the Beanstalk, Little Red Riding Hood and things like that.
1: Yeah, definitely those that genre. And there was a version of it from the Brothers Grimm, of course. So they wrote a version that was based on another, I believe it was the French writer Perrault's story about a sleeping beauty. And he kind of interpreted that from a different version. And those early versions have a pretty different plot they involve a sleeping woman in the woods who then winds up having kids and the queen of the kingdom is angry about her children because the children's father is the king and there's all this drama around the children but none of the children plot points kind of take place in the disney adaptation do they
0: no no i know this is this fairy tale has been around for centuries.
1: Yes, and with any fairy tale that old, it makes sense that there is a lot of, you know, changes over time. So we really like the version that it ends up with, that Disney ends up with.
0: Yes, yes, interesting. I know a fun fact about it. This was Disney's last hand-inked film before the studio switched to Xerox process, starting with 101 Dalmatians, which came at it two years later.
1: Oh, interesting. Xerox just being that they printed the ink?
0: Yes, when there was newer, better technology to make these films. Gotcha. Yeah. And when it first came out, initially, the critical reaction was mixed. Yeah. But it also was not initially financially successful either. But during its re-releases, it was more financially successful and has since become one of the most artistically acclaimed Disney features ever produced and regarded as one of their greatest and most beloved. Definitely. I know the castle at Disneyland is the Sleeping Beauty castle, but Disneyland when Disneyland opened, the castle was opened, and that was four years before Disney produced Sleeping Beauty, which was undergoing production at the time.
1: Interesting. So that that Disneyland attraction is just as old, almost. Yeah. Interesting. So since this movie came out, there's definitely been some further criticism of the messaging because Sleeping Beauty is not a very powerful princess she doesn't have a lot of personality she's asleep most of the movie so she doesn't have a lot of agency as a princess and additionally the idea that this woman can't really wake up until she receives a kiss from a man leaves some women not feeling very good about it which i totally understand huh interesting yeah yeah because when you see a princess you want her to you know be able to make choices in her own life And you want her to be able to have boundaries. And in this movie, we don't really see that because the prince just kind of comes up and kisses her.
0: I see, yeah.
1: So just something to think about when thinking about this story. We'd like to see a little bit more agency.
0: I also know about Sleeping Beauty. As I was saying, this was Disney's last princess movie until The Little Mermaid 30 years later.
1: That's right. And there was a big difference between... What I was just saying about Sleeping Beauty and the character of Ariel, and Ariel kind of represents how, in that time between, maybe Disney reevaluated what a princess could be.
0: Yes, and showing how princesses seem to be a bit more feisty.
1: Absolutely.
0: I know that the three fairies were were renamed in the both of the Maleficent movies.
1: Oh really? I didn't catch that. To what? To Blittle, Knotgrass, and Thistlewit. Wow, those are interesting names. They sound like plants, don't you think?
0: Yeah, that's why their names were changed.
1: I wonder if that's meant to make the vibe of this film more earthy.
0: Interesting. I know that when you go into the Sleeping Beauty castle at Disneyland, you go inside and it's kind of dark and it tells the story of Sleeping Beauty.
1: Oh, really? Like on the screen? Well,
0: kind of well, when you're walking through and like the storybook and it tells Aurora's story.
1: Oh, interesting. So you can experience it. Yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to say about the movie Sleeping Beauty, Ezra?
0: It's one of Disney's most famous films we all know. And Aurora is one of Disney's most famous princesses. And is, of course, a member of the Disney Princess
1: franchise. Definitely. Oh, and I forgot. I had a fun fact. The woman who voiced Aurora.
0: Yeah. Mary Costa.
1: Yes. She's the last living original voice actress from one of the original princesses
0: because the original actress who voiced snow white died in the 90s and the original voice of cinderella died in 2010 but when aurora did appear in ralph breaks the internet she wasn't voiced by mary costa she was voiced by a different person
1: that's right that's right but kind of cool that aurora's voice is still around yeah great let's wrap up our future presentation because we have to answer our trivia question from two weeks ago And our trivia question from our last episode was who was going to play Danny DeVito's wife in the 1996 version of Matilda before his actual wife was going to?
0: It was going to be Miriam Margoyles. And who's Miriam Margoyles? She's an English-Australian actress, writer and political activist, and television personality.
1: She What has she been in? James and the Giant Peach,
0: Mulan... Babe, uh, Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul, I think one of the Harry Potter movies, and Early Man and many others.
1: Very cool. And so this week we're going to ask a trivia question about Sleeping Beauty, and that is... What Disney recurring actress
0: who's been in several other animated Disney films voiced um, Flora, the leader of the Three Fairies, and which other recurring Disney voice actress... Voiced Merryweather, the youngest of the three.
1: Ooh, a two-parted trivia question. Well, if you think you know the answer to either, be sure to listen into the next episode in two weeks.
0: Yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond.
1: Bye. Goodbye.